Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. All right, get your Bibles. Last week I wanted to speak on faith, and I had another message, um, which, which was about souls. Um, if you turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and... Uh, which reminds me, Romans chapter 10 very, very strongly says, people cannot be saved unless they hear. Think about that for a second. People cannot be saved unless they hear. People cannot hear unless someone is sent. And, and, and we, those that are sent have to be sent by God. And then, we, then we speak the word. People need to hear the word, and then the word builds faith, and people can get saved. So think about that. No one can get saved without hearing you have to hear the gospel. And we've got the message. So our, our job is to invite people. Our job is to let people know about what Jesus has done for us. So Hebrews chapter 11, this um, faith is so powerful. You know, I'm in, in God's presence, just feeling God's presence as we worship in God. It wasn't it great just to worship God? I think it's amazing to be able to worship God. Don't, don't take for granted. And if you're new to us, you think, oh, this is a bit full on. I'm not used to this. Go to a State of Origin game and see how Australians worship. It's actually normal. What we just did, when you get a revelation of how great he is, this was really normal. Actually, not even normal. Because when you get to heaven, the worship is so loud that the pillars shook. And what we sang about holy is the Lord, the Bible, uh, John was taken into heaven and we, we've got an account of what heaven looks like and how the throne looks like. And there's millions upon millions upon millions of angels worshiping God, singing holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. And saints, millions upon billions upon innumerable amount of people from all nations worshiping God. Could you imagine what that's going to look like? And then you get a glimpse of God's glory. The sun can't compare the brilliance of the light of our Father doesn't even compare. God created the light, the sun. He just spoke it into existence like that. Imagine worshiping God the way He really is. That's why we worship the way we do. That what you experience is actually quite okay and normal. So please understand we're excited about our God. And He's changed us. He's transformed us. This message of faith will change your life. It's changed my life. It's changed countless billions of people. And... and because faith, without faith, you can't please God. Without faith, you can't connect to God. You and I have to have faith if we're even going to have a relationship with God. And it's all about relationship. I trust by the end of this message, you realize, okay, wow, it's all about relationship. Because faith is the connector of my relationship with God. I can't connect to God any other way outside of faith. So please understand what faith is. It's trusting in God as a person. I'm just simplifying it. He's a person. I'm a person. How can I trust someone if I don't know him? How can I trust someone if I don't know his words? His words reveal his will. So I can trust him when I know what his will is. If I'm in darkness, I don't know what his will is. I wonder what he wants from me. What does he want? It's hard to trust him. But his word is really, really clear about his will. So then we can put trust in a person. Okay, so please hear that. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance, um, it's a good word for it because it, it, it gives us that it's a reality. It's a, it's a real substance. Another translation is uh, faith is the assurance of things you hope for. 
It's the evidence of things you don't see. And where's the assurance? Where's the substance? And where's the evidence? I believe it's in your heart. It's in your spirit man. Everyone has a spirit. So we, 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 are made of, we are spirit, soul, and body. Faith is of the heart. It's here from your spirit. So that's very important to understand because if we don't understand how faith works, when you've got faith in something and someone or faith in God's word, your mind can doubt even though you've got faith. It's okay. It doesn't mean you've got to, oh, I don't have faith because I've got some doubts. Now you can have doubt here in your mind and still have faith and assurance in your heart. It's really important to understand where it abides, where does it live. It lives right here in our heart, in our spirit. I'm pointing here because that's, that's where your gut, you, you feel it here, in your spirit. I believe my spirit, if my spirit came out of my body and stood there, it would look exactly like Leo. You'd see another Leo with, feet, with, with toes and feet and hands and fingers. You'd see a spirit man or a spirit person. Okay. That spirit has a soul, which is your mind, your will, your, your emotions, your thinking. So faith is the assurance of what I hope for. That word hope is really powerful because you have to hope. If you don't have hope, your faith can't operate. And that's why the enemy would do his absolute best to discourage us, disappoint us, put our hope out and it doesn't get met. Put our expectation, because hope is another word for expectation. You put your expectation out, it doesn't get met. Put your expectation out again, it doesn't get met. Put your expectation out again, eventually you'll stop putting your expectation out. Eventually you'll say, what's the point of hoping, expecting, because every time I do, I get disappointed. So then we safeguard ourselves, because we don't like that feeling. And we say, I'm not going to put my hope out anymore. And your faith will stop working. Now, the answer to your hope not being met is not no hope. It's having real hope, expect, real expectation. Like a, a, one that God wants you to have. So God wants you to have this expectation that's your level of faith. If I go up here, it's not my level of faith and it doesn't get met, I'm going to get disappointed. If I go even under that level of faith and it doesn't get met, because God wants to meet my level of faith. My real expectation. So expectation is like a blueprint. Someone had a blueprint for this building before it was built. If you're building a home, you have to have a blueprint. The blueprint is what you hope for, what you expect out of the house. So the architect makes the blueprint, the drawings, and then you get the substance, the brick, the mortar, the wood. True? So, so it is with faith. What's the blueprint? So when you understand faith the way it should be, the nature of faith, it should affect every area of your life. You should be thinking, forecasting, if that's the right word, like, like foreseeing. And because I'm, 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 faith is the assurance of things that I'm hoping for. That's into the future. The evidence of things I don't see. I don't see it yet. I don't see a good, healthy marriage when I first got married because we just got married. Actually, our first few years was really hard because our cultures clashed. And so, but I have to have a faith in God that God, if I keep changing and she keeps changing, we keep submitting to your will and keep humbling ourselves and keep, keep forgiving one another and, and keep working through it, that we are going to see a beautiful, healthy marriage. Yeah. I have to apply my faith to my marriage. I have to apply my faith to seeing my wife change to become more like Jesus. And man, did I exercise my faith. <laughs> now look at her. Look how amazing she is now. <laughs> and she definitely had to... Ex Exercise her faith over me, big time. And more and more, we've been married for 26 years, more and more we've been changing to become more like Jesus. But I'm trying to help us see, it, our faith should be applied to every area of our life. Same with our children. Man, did we exercise our faith for our children. And look how amazing they are now. I can, no, I'm not, you, think I'm, you think I'm flattering? I'm actually not. That's my faith in action all the time. 
And so your, your, when your faith is in action, it's in relationship and has to be real. If I don't get this real revelation, see, revealed knowledge, if I don't get this real revelation, it's not real to me. So you just heard someone else speak about faith, I'm going to do that. And if you try to do that, it won't work. You have to get this for yourself. The way I see faith, if I can explain it this way, I read a little book on faith once and it said um, two kinds of faith. This makes a little bit more sense. I think it does. Because, see, your sense knowledge, your five physical senses is a gateway to your brain. So you do have sense knowledge faith, what we call sense knowledge, because it's physical faith. It's what you see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. It's the five gates to your brain. So if I saw a, if I made up a chair with match boxes, I put one match box on top of the other until I made four little towers, and I put a thin piece of paper even, or cardboard on it. So it's just matchbox on top of matchbox. My sense knowledge gateway is telling me, I don't have faith to sit on that. And I wouldn't sit on it because I don't have faith. It will hold me up because it's giving me the information. It will never hold your weight up. But you had faith to sit on that chair. You unconscious faith. You didn't even think about it because you knew that it would, be hold, it would hold your weight up. But if you saw matchsticks for legs, you wouldn't. Now, you may think, what's that got to do with faith? It's got everything to do with faith because there's physical knowledge and then there's spiritual knowledge. Sense knowledge is according to what you see. Spiritual knowledge is revelation knowledge, revealed truth. It is more real than the physical world. So it's not faith in nothing. It's faith in God. It's faith in God's word. It's faith in God's promises. How do I have faith in something I don't see? You always do. Every time you pick up a mobile phone, you have faith in something you don't see. Because it takes your voice through the airways to the tower and converts your voice to the other person's phone and the other side of the world even and retakes your sound waves and makes a voice out of it. And you can't see that, but it's happening in the air. TV waves, radio waves, Wi-Fi waves, all through the air right now in this room. But you can't see it, but you can measure it. So just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not real. Some people go, I don't have it. how do you have faith in God if you can't see God? There's a lot of things you have faith in, but you don't see. Wind, I can't see wind, but I can see the effects of wind. But I can't physically see wind unless I see the trees moving. I say, oh, there's wind. And I can feel the wind, but I can't see the wind. It's just, but it's still, way, way, it's still measurable. So, so we have faith in things we don't see all the time. So how do you have faith in, in a God you don't see? You've got to know his word. He's a person. God made sure he revealed his word in the word of God, the Bible. It's like a, man, a manual for your life, an instruction manual. The more you know this word, the more you'll, you'll have faith in him. How do you have faith in a person? By knowing them. So if you're, um, if you're going through, because it's in every area of your life. I use it about my wife, I use it about my children. And, you, you know, it's finances, it's relationships, it's, you, you apply your faith to everything. So when it comes to finances, if you're struggling and going for a hard time, let's say you've got a lot of bills to pay. And you're talking to your mum or dad, whoever's most faithful to you, right? And you're talking to them on the phone, and my, my, my mother-in-law is from heaven, right? My mother-in-law, my father-in-law. They've blessed us for many, many years. But if Christine was speaking to her, and we're going through a financial, you know, hard time, and they say, what's wrong? Oh, I'm just going through a hard time. We're struggling. We're you know, stretched financially, and a lot of stress. Let's say, we don't, we don't go under that, but let's say we were under stress and worry and fear and freaking out, and uh, her dad's, or mum says, so her dad says, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you need? Oh, dad. I don't really want to say this, but I need $5,432. <laughs> and so dad goes, really? I'll wire it tomorrow. 
in the bank. I'll transfer it tomorrow. Now, when you believe your dad's word, the moment he says that, the worry, the stress, the fear has gone. I don't have to look at the bank account to prove that my dad or my father-in-law will do it. It's happened many, many times where a mother or a father has blessed us like that. And it's the moment they said it, we go, oh, wow, we've got that money for that. Not even thinking about it anymore. We just know we've got it. Even though they haven't physically gone to the bank and physically transferred the money and physically looked at the account, ah, oh, it's there. Because we trust their word. That's a simple, it's a childlike faith to trust God's word. God said something. But can you see that the issue here is hearing God. The issue here is actually hearing God's word and personally speaking it to you. Taking his promise where he's not speaking it to somebody else but to me. This is how faith operates. You can't operate in someone else's faith. Right? I'm just trying to open up the, break down the, the, the basics of faith because when you understand how faith works, it's so powerful. It'll change your life. Please hear this. Be so hungry for the, for the word. Be so hungry for faith. You say, man, I want to know this. This can change my life. If you're not happy with your life and your life's a mess and your life is not going where it should go, I'm telling you, this is what it is. Apply faith to God. Apply faith to what God has said about you, what God has spoken over you. God's not going to change his mind about you. He's spoken what he loves, what he says about you, how much he loves you. It's forever settled in heaven. It's already done. He's not trying to convince God, can you put favor on me? He already has favor on you. You just don't believe it. Don't try to convince God. But other people are favored, but I'm not favored. He loves you. You're favored. You just don't believe it yet. The way I understand how faith operates is it always operates all the time, whether you realize it or not. And faith is the substance, assurance of things hoped for, in the same way as fear is the assurance of things you despair. Fear operates the opposite of faith. It's actually the opposite force. When faith isn't working, fear is working. Can I say that again? When faith's not working, fear is automatically working. Fear is the substance, the assurance of things you don't hope for. I don't want this, but I fear it so much that I imagine it. I think about it. Because I, I imagine it enough, think about it enough, I fear, it, I fear failure, I fear, I fear it so much that I end up thinking it, I end up speaking it, and guess what? I'll end up getting what I fear because it's the substance, the assurance of things I don't hope for. It's working all the time. Can you hear what I'm saying? It's our level of faith. Ah, oh, this always happens to me. Every time uh, something always bad happens. I don't know why. I just watch, watch my, mark my words. It's going to happen. Something bad always happens this time of the year. People say that. Guess what? It's going to happen. That's the way faith operates. It, the devil has nothing new. He has to pervert what God created and take the opposite, fear, and make you think fearful things until you believe it so much, think about it so much, meditate about it so much, you end up speaking and you end up speaking and you end up getting it. Like superstition has no power whatsoever over believer. Do you know that? Unless you believe it. Unless you believe it. I've heard stories. Now, please, I'm just trying to help us understand that faith can change your life. I've heard stories um, where, you know, people have, uh, one person was, was dying, slowly dying at the age of 49. They were getting sick and sicker and sicker. Went to doctors everywhere trying to diagnose, couldn't find out what was wrong. They're looking, they, they're so desperate, didn't know what to do because they, they, they were losing their life. I mean, they're so sick, they're dying. She goes to church out of desperation and, and as this pastor starts to pray for her to bring healing, he gets a word of knowledge. He can't know this, but a word of knowledge from God. 
It's a supernatural knowledge that God gives that he could not know. He just said, has anyone read your palm? She said no at first. And and then she thought, hang on a sec, when I was 19 or 18, someone read my palm and said, she remembered, forgot consciously, but remembered that they said, you're going to get sick and you're going to die at the age of 50. They spoke that out over her and she didn't even remember it. The moment she declared that, the pastor prayed over her, broke the curse, and she was healed. Now, she feared it without even realizing. Sometimes you go, for example, if you go to tarot card readings, the way it operates, I'll just explain how it operates. When you go to tarot card readings or any fortune-telling readings, they'll say things like, oh, I see a breakup, I see a marriage breakup, I see a divorce, I see a car accident, and all these things that they see, right? And then you go, then when, when your marriage goes through the rocks and you struggle a little bit, you go, this is what they were talking about. Yep, we're going to get divorced. What you're doing, you take that word and you put it into practice. You're, you're speaking out what you heard. That was a seed that the devil prophesied and spoke and you believed it and now you put it into practice. No curse can come against a child of God if we're walking in the blessings of the Lord. When you believe God's word over your life. I'm just trying to show us how it actually operates. That's how the enemy operates. Now the God's word is so powerful. That's why the Bible says, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life and the power of your tongue. I thought it was in the power of God. But God gave you authority. He gave you authority to rule and to reign over this world. Like you and I are to exercise. So when I think of faith, I think that faith envisions my world. It shows me what my world's going to be. You know, like if you're in the Word, and you can only do this with God's Word, no one's extra special. I'm not extra special. It doesn't work for me because I'm a pastor. It really doesn't. I'm very ordinary. Ask my wife. Very normal. Ask my children. And so very normal, very ordinary. But if you apply the Word, if you put the Word into you, then I remember when I first started the church many, many years ago, I got saved at 19, started at 22. No training, no formal training, no Bible college, no, no one even to support us, to back us, nothing. Just started in my mum's lounge room. But I can only say this, if I can say this humbly, I couldn't imagine failing. I actually never thought failure because the word was so much in me. Now, if I didn't have the word in me, I'm sure I would have thought heaps of failure. I mean, I had thoughts like, what happens if I backslide when I first, became, when I first left? What happens if I don't know how to preach? I had those thoughts. I battled with that. But the majority of the time, I was imagining only success. And I just thought, you know what? I don't have any bridges. I've got nowhere to run back to. It's all burnt. So I can't go back anywhere. i just got to keep moving forward. That's how I imagined it. And so that was God's word at work helping. I hope, I hope this is making sense because it's so, so important. Don't turn it off. Don't switch it off. Think, oh, no, it's not for me. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to connect with God. I can prove it to you from Scripture. Now, if we're talking about faith, the question has to be asked, how does faith come? Well, the Bible answers that. If you got Romans, if you open up your Bible, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes, it can also go by not hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God. The word, word there is rima. It means God's spoken word. God speaking direct to you. So faith doesn't come to you by what he speaks to me. Faith comes to you by what he speaks to you. It's a personal thing. Faith comes by hearing God speak to you. Remember Peter on the water. Matthew chapter 14. You have to turn to it if you want to look it up. Chapter 14, verse 25. Write it down so you can look it up for yourself. 25 to 31. 
the story goes where they're, under, they're rowing in the middle of the night, like 2, 3 in the morning, rowing across the lake. The, the massive storm came, and, and Jesus was praying up in the mountains, and he walks on the water to get to them. Walking on the water, if you saw someone, even though they walked with Jesus, they thought he, they seen a ghost. They are freaking out, full of fear, scared, thinking they're seeing a spirit. And Jesus had to say, no, it's not a spirit, it's me, it's I. And so Peter goes, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come on the water. Now think about this for a second. This is the son of the living God, God in the flesh, saying to, Jesus, uh, to Peter, come. He just gave him a personal word, Rima to Peter. Not to the other guys, but to Peter. First of all, just picture this. What are, why does Peter have to walk on water? I mean, I love Jesus. I love how unreligious Jesus is. Imagine this. Jesus could have said, is someone going to get healed from you walking on the water? Is someone going to get delivered? Who's going to get set free? There's no reason whatsoever for him to walk on the water except that he wants to walk on the water. He just wants to walk on the water to do something supernatural for no other reason. No one's going to get spiritually blessed out of it except for Peter. And Jesus still says, come. Isn't that amazing about Jesus? I think that's amazing. He could have just got so religious. No, no, no one's going to get blessed by this. Stay on the water, Peter. Stop being high horsed, you know, up on your high horse, wanting to walk on the supernatural like me. He just said, come. Come. The others didn't come. He came. He got out of the boat and actually walked on water because of the word that was spoken to him. It was a promise, direct promise to him. I want to emphasize the fact that it's a direct promise to you. When you hear God speak, what has God said to you that you let go of? What has God said to you about your future, about your life, that you, you fought for and you, uh, and you sort of got a few obstacles for you? The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Because it's a good fight. It's a good fight because we win. So we always got to have an attitude. It's a good fight because we're going to win. You get bashed a bit, you might get bashed down and you get back up, Paul said. You get back up and keep walking. But we win. If you want some scriptures, Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to 9, and the whole Psalm 1. Meditate in the word day and night. You know, you'll be planted like a tree of water, tree, like a tree next to the river. No matter how much the sun beats on you, that speaks of persecution, hardships. No matter how much the world, the economy changes because you're planted by the river. Your roots go down into the river, the word of God, and drinks nourishment. No matter what you're going through, you're going to be strong. That's the picture. But that's if you meditate in the word day and night. Remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. God gives Joshua the recipe to succeed. Moses was a great leader. He's done so much stuff, many, many miracles. Took the children of Israel out of uh, Egypt, out of bondage, brought them out, and now he dies. And Joshua has to fill his shoes. But the Lord says to him, if you meditate in the word day and night, and don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. So you can't, you can't just say, I'm going to confess God's word from now on, unless you first put it in. So if you meditate in this word over and over and over, it goes in. If it goes in, you start thinking about it. If you start thinking about it, you start speaking it. If you start speaking it, you start doing it. You will not do what you're not speaking. And you cannot speak what's not inside of you. You have to speak what's inside of you. I thought about, imagine what would happen to this church, to you. If you turned off the world... And turned on the word. I haven't got time. I'm sure you've got time to watch TV, play games. 
You've got time. You've got mobile devices. You can be driving, listening to the Word of God these days. You can be cleaning, listening to the Word of God these days. You can be doing things and still listen to the Bible. I'm, in, I'm, I'm weeding my backyard and I'm mowing the lawn and I'm listening to the Word of God. I love it now because I'm out there and I'm spending time with God. So I'm, I'm helping us think, just let's do it. Let's get the Word in. It's up to us how hungry we are. But the Word actually feeds our faith so that God's got substance to speak to us. Romans 12, this is a very, very important truth. Most people, I think, get stooped here. And I'll tell you what I think, what I mean by that. Um, it's about faith, and, and Paul talks to the Roman church in verse 3. For, for consider him who endured such host... Am I in the right place? No, I'm in Hebrews. Sorry. I need to be in Romans. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. God's allotted, he's distributed or allotted to everyone the measure of faith. If you're born again, if you know Jesus, if you became a Christian, you made Jesus your Lord, you got born again. If you got born again, God has given you the measure of faith. The problem with us is we, most people that are believers, think about the word believer. Believer means you're a believer. Most people that are believers don't believe they've got enough faith. I don't have faith like so-and-so. Oh, if I had faith like so-and-so, if I had faith like that person, we think our faith has to grow. Not knowing that the measure of faith was given to everyone. Think about it for a second. We believe that God sent Jesus as the Savior of the world. We believe that God came through a virgin birth. That Jesus was sinless. That he lived a sinless life. Walked obedient for 33 years. Healed the sick. Raised the dead. Did great things. Then he died on the cross in our place. Was buried. And on the third day he was raised again from the dead. We haven't seen all this. And then he was raised to the right hand of the Father, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. We didn't see all that, but we believe it. That takes a lot of faith to believe all what I just said. You believe that. It takes faith to believe that because only God can give you that faith to believe that. So you already have the measure of faith. Do you believe that? Yeah. Luke 17, 5, Luke chapter 17, verse 5 says, And the apostle said unto the Lord, I think it was after the Lord said, uh, you, have to re you have to forgive people over and over, 70 times 7. And the, Lord, and the Peter says, oh, Lord, increase our faith. See, they're like us. So if I only had the right faith, if I had faith, increase what I have. Increase our faith. What does Jesus say? Look, Jesus' response is actually, in a sense, it's genius, but it's so true. It's a, he's a genius. I mean, he's the son of the living God. He says, and the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, do you know how small mustard seed is? If I had a mustard seed on my finger, you could not see it from where you are. He's using the smallest seed in this planet that actually grows into the ground and, and when it is nourished and taken care of, it becomes one of the biggest trees. It's a beautiful picture. Because if you just had a smallest seed of faith, the smallest amount of faith, and you could say to this sycamore tree, be uprooted, it's a big tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea. Or say to this mountain, be uprooted. And it would obey you. 
That, that blows my brain. It really does make me think, what? Jesus is trying to say, it's not the size of your faith that's the issue. We think it is. As long as you think it is, it becomes the issue. He's saying it's the size of your God. The smallest amount of faith in the most powerful, almighty, eternal God can heal the sick, can raise the dead, can heal cancer, can heal, raise a cripple. I believe this with all my heart. I believe the faith that you and I already have can heal the sick where you are right now. Where you are right now. The faith level you have right now can actually heal the sick. We just don't believe we can, so therefore we don't activate the power that's in us. The, the faith is in you, it needs to be activated. You have to know how to activate. If you had faith like a seed of mustard seed, you could say. That's how you activate it. Say. You learn to speak. The moment we think, oh, I don't have the faith. Well, you, you just disqualified yourself. Jesus is saying, man, just the smallest amount of faith can uproot that tree. Now, my brain goes non-compute with that, just like yours does. But I've got to put faith. I've got to believe. Say, God, you said that. I must be missing something. So I, haven't, I haven't seen the dead raised yet. But it doesn't mean I don't have the power for it. The power is laying dormant in my spirit. The power to raise the dead is in my spirit. It's in your spirit. I've got to learn to activate it. And you, you practice. Practice where you're at. Practice what you have. But practice because God has given us faith. Amen? Amen. Romans 1 verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. We're supposed to move from one level of faith to another level of faith. We're moving from faith to faith every day. And it says here in the last part of that, the just shall live by faith. God's word says that a few times. That the righteous, that's you and I, righteous in Jesus, shall live by faith. Not use it every now and then. Not put it up on the shelf and when I'm in trouble, I grab my faith. We're supposed to live by faith all the time. It's a lifestyle. To me, that word live, you look it up, it actually means lifestyle. Say it this way, the, the, the righteous person shall live out of a lifestyle of faith. So you're always operating in faith. Actually, Romans chapter 14, if you want to look it up, it's a powerful chapter. I, I, I really encourage you to read it. This is a bit of homework this week. All those chapters that I'm giving you, please look it up. Read it. Romans 14 is really, really clear about, um, basically, it's basically saying, don't judge others. It actually says this in one verse, don't judge another man's servants. Think about it. We all serve the same master. And Paul says, don't judge someone else's servant. To his own master, he stands off all. I serve the same master as you, but I have my own relationship with the same master. So don't, and Paul puts it in a way that you're judging someone else's relationship with their own master. It's another man's servant. So when it talks about faith, he goes, some people think they have to eat herbs. Other people think that they can eat all meat. They can eat meat and it's okay. Other people think that this day is holy. The moon day, the sun, this Sabbath day is holy, and other people think every day is holy. He goes, let everyone be fully persuaded in their own minds, but don't judge them. He says, don't pass your judgment on them. This is a key to faith, because it's, it's really building into relationship. And he, and he goes, one day we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of ourselves before God. Right at the end of the chapter, he says, if I, I'm not going to drink wine, I'm not going to eat meat and offer to an idol if it makes someone else stumble. Yes, I know I can do it, but if someone else is weak and I eat this, the food offered to an idol and I drink wine in front of them and they look at me oh, and make his weak conscience stumble, I'd rather not because I want to do everything out of love. Yes. And then right at the end he goes, whatever is not of faith is sin. 
That's the relationship. So you can't tell someone else. If God says something to you, he tells you that, Rima to you, promise to you, relationship to you. You can't tell someone else, God told me not to do that, then you shouldn't. That's religion. Does that make sense? Uh, when we first started this church, I'll never forget this, 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 this example because we first, many, many years ago, we, some guy he, he got radically saved in our church. What really, he was coming to Firm Foundation and he's growing really, really well. He was a, a musician in one of the, the uh, doors. Some of you won't remember that. Um, anyway, he's a, he, was a, he got touched really good and that, the Kiss concert was coming. Kiss. He was going to go watch Kiss. One of our guys, obviously religious, said to him, you can't go watch Kiss, that's from the devil. <laughs> we lost that guy. He literally left. He told me why. He left because someone else, obviously he shouldn't go. I think that guy should have been free to go. Let him go while he was there. Holy Spirit could speak to him. Holy Spirit could show him, you know, notice what's happening here now? You see what you were in before? And the Holy Spirit could tell him, it's not for you. But when we try to tell him, doesn't work. Uh, it, it's true of everything. I'm just using that as an example. It's true of everything. The church in the past used to be very religious and legalistic. 70s, 80s. I got saved in 87. And it, it was quite, I mean, you just went to a pub. Can't even, you just, just bad. But what happens if you want to go to reach someone? The pub itself, I mean, Paul says, I've learned by the Lord Jesus and fully persuaded there's nothing unclean of itself except to him esteem something to be unclean. To him it is unclean. That is faith. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Be free in this relationship. But it should undergird your faith. It makes you feel like, okay, well, I need to have an intimate love relationship with God if my faith is going to work. Amen? Read Romans chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. Faith is born out of promise. God spoke to Abraham. And you read the language, it's about promise. God spoke to him. I love the fact that God, God calls those things that be not as though they were. His name is Abram. Abram, never had a child. 75 years old, God promises him, you're going to have a child. But at the time he's 100, he still doesn't have a child. 25 years later. But God at one point says, I'm going to call you Abraham, father of many nations. God calls those things that be not as though they were. So think about that. God is in the relationship of calling something that is not as though it was. Because from His reality, this is how He sees you. So you've got to see how He sees you. And He speaks to you the way He sees you. But I don't feel that way. Well, believe what He says about you. I don't think I'm like that. But He says I can do all things through Christ. I don't feel I can. But He says I can. So I'm going to say what he says over my life. When I, I, I've practiced this for many, 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 many years. You ask my wife, and I'm very strong with my kids, speak negative over each other. It grieves me. Get upset. Because God gives you power over your words. If you want power over your words, stop speaking negative. Because if he gave you power, some of us will blow up some idiots on the highway. And they'll become idiots. And you blow them up. If you had power of your words, you curse them. If you had power in your words. So if you want power in your words, start to speak God's word on your lips. I've run out of time. I really have. I can't believe it. Because it's important to get what we got. 
one of the, can I finish with this last point? This is a real, 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 another big one. That It's like an obstacle that will come down and your faith will thrive. God never responds to need. He responds to faith. How do you know that? If God responded to need, just, just take a plane right now, go to India, go to Africa, go to Ethiopia, go to the poor countries of the world. And every single poor person, that poor person that's starving, hungry, you should just wait there and watch and God will do it because He loves them. He cares for them. He wants to do a miracle. But in His, in his, in his uh, holiness and His freedom to give us a free will, you have to invite Him back in through faith. He won't dishonor your free will because He gave you a free will. And that is found in Matthew 6, verse 25 to 33. Because he says, basically he says in a nutshell, God takes care of the birds, you're more important than birds. God takes care of the flowers, they're dressed better than Solomon. God's going to clothe you, oh, you of little faith. Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. And I think, hang on a sec, there's something wrong with this picture. There's poor people everywhere, starving. Oh, you of little, that's why he says, oh, you of little faith. If you had faith, he'd clothe you better than the, the, the way he takes care of the birds. Takes you better, takes care of that better, takes you, takes care of you better than the birds, and he clothes you better than the flowers. And the flowers are clothed better than Solomon. But the key was faith. Oh, you have little faith. And his next thing is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. If you put God first in everything you do, all this will be added. He doesn't respond to need, he responds to faith. Does it make sense? If you don't understand this, please ask because this is, this, is, this is it. This is so important. The responsibility, the onus is on you to have faith in God. We just know God will do it if He wants to do it. He asks you to believe because He's already wanting to do it. Amen? You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.